Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 68. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I'm looking out my window right now. It's bright and sunny. I think it's supposed to be like 70-something today. So I thought I could go out and mow the lawn. Well, actually, I can't. I'm still under doctor's orders not to do that. Haha, poor me. Actually, I should say poor spouse. Um, but I could be outside enjoying the lovely weather, or I could be inside playing a 30-odd-year-old video game. So, clearly, I think you know what choice I made. And we've got a dandy, dandy game for you today. I won't ruin it for you by telling you yet. I'm going to keep you in suspense, unless you actually looked at the title of this episode when you downloaded it. Don't look now. Close your eyes, unless you're driving. Looking at the uh, news section of my notes here, it's pretty sparse. Uh, I don't really have any news. I have not heard anything new about the long-rumored Centipede and Missile Command Atari movies. I noted last week, I believe, that there is the new Centipede comic coming out this summer that I I have no idea whether it ties into the movie or not, but it would make me wonder if that is supposed to be a precursor to this movie, and maybe that will the release of the comic will spur some news about the movie. Uh, I certainly hope that it will, but I guess we'll have to see. I don't really have any other news this week, so why don't we just skip right ahead to this week's game? This week's game is. Did you try break out with a moving wall? Did you try break out with an extra ball? Breakout, you'll love Super Breakout. It's got more color, more sound, and more action. And naturally, it's from Atari. Super Breakout from Atari. 19... let's say 80. The things I saw uh, said that it came out more or less a couple of years after Breakout, which came out in 1978. So that put it about 1980. And you can certainly tell that when you look at the game. It's a pretty basic looking game. Most of you, I am sure, are pretty familiar with Breakout and its little sister, brother, uh, third cousin, twice removed, I don't know, Uh, the game that came after it, Super Breakout. The manual takes a shot at giving us a little story to kind of set up what's going on in the game, and as you know, here at Atari Bytes, we really appreciate that, so I'm going to share that with you now. Grab your cocoa and your blanket and try not to sweat too much because it's spring and you'll probably get hot and it may cause you to not be able to focus on this story. So, do your best. Imagine you're in a one-man space shuttle traveling through the heavens at the speed of light. You and your tiny ship are totally engulfed in darkness except for the luminance of an occasional passing star. Suddenly, without warning, there's a brilliant flash straight ahead. You check the radar screen. Nothing. Pretty soon, there's another flash and another. Next thing you know, the flashes have turned into one gigantic force field of some kind, and it's dead ahead. You check the radar screen again. Still nothing. The colors in this mysterious force field are so bright, they're almost blinding. And they seem to be in layers. But the strangest thing is that nothing shows up on the radar screen. What could that mean? Is it possible to travel through this mysterious force field, or will you crash and be destroyed? And what about the layers? If you make it through one, can you make it through the next and the next? 
It's decision time and there are only a few seconds to think about it. Turn back or blast ahead and try to make it through the layers of the brightly colored force field. It's up to you. Wow, that sounds like a really exciting space odyssey. I can't wait to play that game. Oh wait, we're not going to play that game actually. We're just going to play Super Breakout. Super Breakout contains the following game variations. Breakout, Double, Cavity, Progressive, and Children's Versions. Each game variation may be played by one or two players, with the exception of Progressive, which is for one player only. So, you know, screw your friend. A detailed description of each game is given in Section 5, Game Variations. The object in all the games is to keep the ball in play as you knock out bricks, to score the highest amount of possible points, or to score more points than your opponent. Points are scored by using the paddle controller to hit the ball into the rows of bricks on the screen. The bricks disappear from the screen when hit, one at a time. The point value of the bricks in all games, except progressive, is defined by the eight row numbers. There are eight exciting new game sounds programmed into Super Breakout. One of these eight sounds is randomly selected each time you begin a new game. When you press Game Reset, you will hear a sample of the sound selected for that game. As we noted, you're using the paddle controllers. Uh, you all know how to plug in your controllers. If you don't, well, I can't help you. Push the button on the controller to serve the ball. To make contact with the ball and keep it in play, turn the knob on the controller. The paddle will move horizontally back and forth across the bottom of the screen. Turn the knob clockwise to move the paddle right. Turn it counterclockwise to move it left. The angle the ball rebounds off the paddle depends on which part of the paddle it hits. The paddle is divided into four sections. During the first eight hits, the ball will bounce off the paddle as shown in A, figure three. Here you go. Got it? Okay. After the eighth hit, the ball will react as shown in B. Here you go. Can you see it in the back? Okay. The ball will appear to speed up slightly at this point. Diagram C in figure 3 shows how the ball reacts after the 16th hit. After the 48th hit, the ball will, be, will speed up again and bounce the way it is shown in D, except in the children's versions, games 8 and 9. 48th hit? How do they decide on these numbers? Weird. The ball will also speed up after hitting any bricks in the last four rows, or the last eight rows in progressive. Whenever you break through the last row of bricks and the ball makes contact with the boundary at the top of the playfield, the paddle is reduced to half its original size, except in the children's versions. But, you know, be cool, because we all know size does not matter. In double and cavity, both paddles are reduced in size. The paddle or paddles return to normal size when a new turn begins. If your paddle does not return to normal size within four hours, please seek medical attention. Each turn ends when the ball is missed and disappears off the bottom of the playfield. In games with two or three balls in play, a turn ends when the ball is missed. The game selects switch, obviously, chooses the game you wish to play. Game numbers change at the top automatically as you press the button down. Uh, the, the, the game number is on the left side of the screen. Uh, you select the game you want to play, hit the reset button to start the game. Uh, difficulty switches control the size of the paddle in all games. In the B or beginner position, the paddle is twice the size as it is in the A position. The A position is for experienced super breakout players. Use the left difficulty switch for one player games. For two player games, the first player uses the left difficulty switch, the second player uses the right difficulty switch. Remember that the paddle reduces to half its original size when the ball breaks through the last row of bricks and hits the boundary at the top of the playfield. I'm going to read this part just because it makes me laugh nostalgically. On a color television, the game will appear in color. On a black and white television, the game will be in black and white. The TV type switch is not used. What I think would be awesome is if you're sitting there back in 1980 and very possibly still have a black and white television in your house, which is the one that your mom forces you to use with your Atari so that she can have the good color 
you know, console thing that takes up half the room to watch, uh, you know, The Guiding Light. Um, come on, this was 1980. Uh, there's pretty good probability that was what was going on. So you're you're relegated to the uh, you know the, the black and white that uh, your dad won in a fishing contest. Um, that never actually happened in my house. My brother won one though. But you know you're stuck using the black and white, and you you know you you're bright. Everyone says the colors are so cool, and I'm not gonna be able to see them. And you plug it into your your black and white console. You know you've been playing Pitfall Harry Pitfall for days, even though it hasn't actually come out yet. And you know Pitfall. You can't tell whether those are alligators he's jumping on or grizzly bears because it's all black and white. But now you got to play Breakout on your black and white TV. And so you plug in the cartridge because you figure, you know, might as well because if I don't do that, I just got to go, like, do homework and stuff. And you plug it in and suddenly your screen is filled, your black and white screen is filled with vibrant oranges and reds and blues and yellows. And you, uh, you puke and have a seizure and uh, wake up 30 years later from a coma and decide to start an Atari podcast because that would be amazing. Stephen King should have written that novel. Anyway, what was I talking about? Games 1 and 2 are regular breakout. Game 1 is for one player, game 2 is for two players. As in all two-player games, each player has his own wall of bricks and corresponding score, which is displayed on the screen during that player's turn. Each wall of bricks contains eight rows. Bricks in the first two rows are worth one point each. The third and fourth row bricks are worth three points each. The fifth and sixth row bricks are worth five points each, and the seventh and eighth row bricks are worth seven points each. If you knock out all the bricks within five turns, a new wall of bricks will appear on the screen. Each wall of bricks is worth 416 points. All right. There is no limit to the number of times a new wall of bricks can be reset during a game. You know what? I just noticed a thing that's probably not actually a thing. The way this game, uh, you know, the numbers in this game are set up, they are all even numbers. And I guess all divisible by themselves, maybe? I have to think a little harder on that one. So, right, you got the thing with the 16 hits and the 48 hits. And now you got how, you know, the, the each wall of bricks is worth 416 points. Um, no, that probably means anything. But it's just something that popped into my head. If a tie occurs in a two-player game, the player reaching that score in the fewest turns is the winner. The maximum score, score for breakout is infinite, since the wall of bricks will reset indefinitely. However, since the screen display has room for only four digits, a player's score will reset to 0000, zero, zero, zero if it exceeds uh, 9999. Also, Y2K happens. Game 3 is double breakout for one player. Game 4 is double breakout for two players. The playfield in double, in double breakout is the same as the breakout playfield, except that there are two paddles and two balls served. The paddles are stacked one on top of the other. The point value of the bricks is essentially the same as breakout, except when there are two balls in play. When this occurs, each brick is worth twice its normal amount. If you miss the first ball served, it counts as a miss and goes against your allotted serves turns per game. Otherwise, the second ball is served. If you miss the second ball after hitting the first ball, play continues until you miss the first ball. After both balls are in play, have been hit at least once, one may be missed while the other remains in play. The wall of bricks will reset an infinite number of times after the first wall is knocked out. The maximum score for double breakout is infinite. Cavity, games 5 and 6. Game 5 is Cavity Breakout for one player. Game 6 is Cavity Breakout for two players. The Cavity Playfield contains slightly fewer bricks to make room for two cavities, each of which contains a ball. When the game begins, the balls 
bounce inside each cavity but are held captive for the time being while a third ball is served. There are two paddles, the same as in double. Point values of the bricks are the same as the other games, defined by rows, when one ball is in play. When enough bricks are removed to release a captive ball, each brick is then worth twice its normal amount when hit. If the third ball is freed, bricks are worth triple their normal amount when hit. If any of one of the balls is missed, the scoring returns to double points. If the second ball is missed and only one ball remains in the playfield, the point value of the bricks returns to normal. The wall of bricks will reset an infinite number of times. Therefore, the maximum score possibility for cavity breakout is infinite. Progressive. Game 7 is progressive breakout for one player only. The playfield in progressive is set up somewhat differently than breakout. When the game begins, the playfield contains four rows of bricks at the top of the screen, followed by four blank rows, and then four more rows of bricks. The point value of the bricks is defined by row numbers, the same as in breakout. After gameplay begins, the brick walls progress towards the bottom of the screen. As the bricks are knocked out and the walls progressively move down toward your paddle, new bricks enter the playfield at a progressively faster rate. Four rows of bricks are always separated by four rows of blanks. As the, bricks with it, as the brick walls progress downward, their colors change, which gives them a new point value. The maximum score for progressive is infinite. Special progressive bonus. When a brick progresses to the last row at the bottom of the screen, which places it very close to your paddle, it will stay there for a specified amount of time and then disappear. If you hit such a brick square in the center before it disappears, you may receive special bonus points. Children's versions. Game 8 is a one-player children's version. Game 9 is a two-player children's version. Both games are regular breakout. The gameplay in these versions is programmed at a slower rate. The ball does not speed up after hitting bricks in the last four rows. Also, the, paddles, the paddle does not reduce to half its original size when the ball reaches the top boundary of the playfield. Scoring and other gameplay characteristics are the same as normal breakout. Helpful hints. When playing any of the Super Breakout games, your best bet is to break out through the right or left corner of the playfield. The corners seem to be the easiest points at which to establish a groove. We're grooving, baby. Beginners should use the larger paddle size. Set the appropriate difficulty switch to the B position. Be prepared for the ball to return at a faster speed when it hits the bricks in the last four rows or the upper row of bricks in progressive. You can miss a lot of shots simply by not being prepared. That's a good motto for life, really. Don't panic when the ball reaches the top boundary of the playfield and your paddle reduces to half its original size. As we noted earlier, size does not matter. All it takes at this point to keep the ball in play is a little more concentration and a finer touch on the paddle controller. In time, you'll have no trouble at all keeping the ball in play when your paddle is reduced in size. Learn to anticipate where the ball is going to be. Anticipation can be a key factor, particularly when the ball bounces off one of the side boundaries near the bottom of the playfield. When the ball is traveling at high speed, you won't always have time to react and move your paddle to the right position. Your paddle will have to be in the corner position to advance. The only way to accomplish this is to anticipate where the ball will be. There you go. That's super breakout in excruciating detail. The success of breakout resulted in the development of super breakout, as I said, a couple years later, initially released on 126 different machines. The layout sound and sort of the, the play of the game is identical to breakout, but Super Breakout is a microprocessor-based game instead of discrete logic, programmed by Asteroids programmer Ed Logg using an early MOS 6502 chip. He developed Super Breakout after hearing that Nolan Bushnell, founder of Atari, wanted Breakout updated. Super Breakout can therefore be emulated in MAME and is also featured in a number of different Atari compilation packs. 
The original Breakout has not been featured, since there is no processor in Breakout. The game would have been more simulated than emulated. The original iPod had an Easter egg where you could hold down the center button for a few seconds in the About menu and Breakout would appear. Glue Mobile released a licensed cellular phone version of Super Breakout that includes the original game as well as an updated gameplay, skins, and modes. In 2008, Atari released a game for the iPhone and iPod Touch via Apple's App Store. The arcade and, Art and Atari 2600 versions of Super Breakout were made available on Microsoft's Game Room service for its Xbox 360 console and for Windows-based PC on May 5, 2010 and September 1, 2010, uh, respectively. Breakout went out to be reinvented for Breakout 2000 for the Atari Jaguar console. The object of the game was pretty much the same, but it was in a 3D playfield. Ten different phases to survive, each consisting of five playfields, each playfield more difficult to clear than the previous one, and each adding more difficulty and features. Breakout was once again updated for the PC and also for the PlayStation. Developed by Supersonic Software and published by Hasbro Interactive's Atari Interactive subsidiary. This version featured an ongoing storyline. In it, the character Bouncer must rescue Daisy and friends from the evil Batniks after he attacks their island. With the advice of Coach Steel, he travels to different lands to re rescue his friends before Batniks takes over the world. Bouncer must break out of Batniks' prison to rescue his friends. After that, he must outrun a wolf. Oh, I guess that's in the little tutorial. There are all sorts of different settings for the PC version. Uh, Egypt... Uh, Bouncer goes to a farm, a castle, a factory, uh, goes into outer space. In 2011, Atari SA released an updated version of Breakout called Breakout Boost. The game is similar to the original, with the chief difference being the addition of improved graphics and expanded gameplay. Features such as power-ups, fire acid splitting, and grenade balls, unique brick types, exploding, mystery, X4, and metal bricks, and boost control. The faster your ball goes, the more points you'll get. Many unofficial variations of Breakout were created for home computer platforms such as Apple II+, TRS-80, and PC. A version of the game called Little Brick Out was included on the DOS 3.2 system master disc for the Apple II. Disney Club Penguin also had a, has a version of the game called Ice Bricks in Mission 3, Case of the Missing Coins, with 10 levels. For Kid Stuff Records, John Braden recorded a 7-inch 33.3 RPM record telling the story of Super Breakout. The science fiction story dealt with NASA astronaut Captain John Stuart Chang returning from a routine mission transporting titanium ore from Io to space station New California. He encounters a rainbow barrier, presumably a force of nature, that seems to have no end on the other side, on either side. He has three lobbing missiles of white light that he can bounce off the hull of his ship, and they prove able to break through the layers of the force field. With his life support system failing, what follows is a test of endurance turned game as he strives to break through the barrier in space. Since the original release of Breakout, the game has been cloned and updated, it seems, infinitely. If you have any any platform you want, you can probably find a version of Breakout to play on it. On the 37th anniversary of original Breakout's release, Google released a secret version of Breakout. Users can access it by typing Atari Breakout on the Images Search section. After running the search, the results image thumbnails form the Breakout bricks turn different colors, and a little ball and paddle appear at the bottom, after which the game begins. The paddle is controlled by the mouse, touchpad, or arrow keys, and clearing the level starts a new one with a randomly selected image search term. Alright, that is the story of Breakout and Super Breakout. We've done both games now. I think after the break, we're gonna break out.
one more time, and it'll be, oh, I don't know, probably super. No promises, though. Breakout, an ordinary, unassuming, unnoticeable game going on about its life. No one paying it any attention. It's a meek, simple little thing. Huge paddle, just a few layers of barely interesting color. The runways at Milan, or wherever they do that fancy fashion show, would never give Breakout the time of day. And then one day, Breakout falls into a vat of viscous goo. It bubbles. It burns. Breakout screams in terror and pain, but it emerges better, stronger, more colorful. One might say it has become super. Look out, world. Breakout's about to break out superly. Okay. So... You can definitely see this is another breakout game, right? They're, they're not uh, messing with the formula too much here. Um, you've got a paddle with a ball bouncing around. You have to hit the ball with the paddle and break pieces off of the uh, multicolored layers up on the ceiling. Wow, I am kicking breakout butt. You know, last week I talked to Chris Sims and Chad Bowers, who are writing the new Sword Quest comic. And one of the things they said that they would really like to do is write a Pong comic. I think they're missing an opportunity. I think really what they should write is a super breakout comic. So, Chris and Chad, if you're listening uh, this week, give that some thought. I kind of like the sound. It's pretty basic, obviously, but... Sort of like a less of a laser blast than a you know a shotgun blast, really. I don't know if that's intentional or not, or what it would signify. All right. Well, that was Super Breakout. Back to you in the studio. So here's the thing with Super Breakout. Not one cape. No fortresses of solitude. No mobiles, bat or otherwise. No supervillains, no kryptonite. What the hell is super about this breakout? Huh? Tell me that, Mr. Atari historian people. I mean, the big difference is, I guess, between super breakout, uh, at least the basic play. I mean, I know there's the progressive and the cavity and whatnot. But basically, what you've got is breakout with maybe a few more of the colored levels in the little rainbow thing. And your paddle, I think, I think from the jump, is smaller than the paddle you get in Breakout. Other than that, you basically, you're just playing Breakout again. Also, I guess you have the thing with the different 
randomly selected audio for the game. I guess that's kind of neat. When I played the game for the field report, hitting the, uh, the the ball striking the bricks, the audio was like little shotgun blasts. Uh, then I played again, and it was this little tiny tinkling bell. Another time it was it sounded like maybe plucking a violin string, and then there were some other just kind of general pinging, pinging type noises. You know, e- each time I played it, it was a different sound. Or I might be insane. It's a really close call. It's a real little story this time. I, I guess it's not a story so much as a, a reaction to looking at this game and, and thinking about it perhaps metaphorically, perhaps more metaphorically than it really deserves. But here it is. Here's what I came up with. Atoms, called the building blocks of matter, put them together, they create molecules, then organisms, like the ever-present algae and unicorns, and more fanciful creatures like principled politicians. Still other atoms build us wheat fields and paved roads, soft cheeses, and still more Star Wars re-released DVDs. Each creation becomes a step for society and the individuals that make it up. Those steps are the foundation, cultural atoms, building blocks of society. Those blocks pave the way, bricks on our personal roads. Birth is the ultimate first block. Speech, steps, the start of kindergarten. Friends, school, books and music. Love and the discovery of salted caramel. Uh, salty caramel. <laughs> Bounding over the brick road, the steps piling up until they become more than steps. These moments, these people, these events stack up, turning into brick monuments to our existence. But, if a monument gets too big, it can get in the way. Like trying to see the HGTV tiny house behind the Winnebago that no one can afford to drive anymore. Trying to live up to the needs of life can weigh on you. Mortgages are bricks. Healthcare is a brick. The expectations of family, work, and society. Brick, brick, brick. All the bricks down on you, like a ton of, well, a ton of themselves. You could crumble under their weight. Well, maybe squish is a better term. Yeah, that's gross. Point is, surrender is an option. Let life beat you down. Or you could fight back. Find your metaphorical sledgehammer. Or hit up Best Buy for a laser cannon. They're in aisle 5 between the Walking Dead iPhone cases and ink cartridge refills. Then, blast away. Break out of the muck life piles on. Bam, refinance that mortgage. Watch the budget. Smash. Eat better. Lift with your knees. Zzz, pow. Fire that laser cannon really just because laser cannons are fun. And pretty soon, when the smoke clears and the dust settles, you'll find you did indeed break out. And it'll be... super. This episode was not sponsored by Best Buy. But it should be. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, including Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes. If you go to iTunes, you should break out from the pack and leave a review. That would be super of you. 
You can also support the show financially if you're so inclined by checking out our Patreon Atari Bytes page or by picking up cool Atari Bytes merchandise at our Zazzle.com store. Capital A, capital B, underscore pod, underscore store. I promise someday I will give that an easier-to-remember name. For now, though, just hit the link uh, in the show notes. Also, don't forget to check out my other show. It's a podcast of Charlie Brown for all your animated Peanuts gang needs. Want to hear about Snoopy and Linus and Charlie Brown and all their wonderful adventures? That's the place you need to be. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month. Next time on Atari Bytes, Canyon Bomber. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. No.